Ruth chapter 2, let's stand for reading God's Word, honor to God's Word. Ruth chapter 2, verse number 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thy eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, He hath fully been shown to me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art thou come unto a people which thou knowest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and full reward be given to thee, and the Lord God of our Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for thou hast spoken friendly unto me, thy handmaiden, though, though I be not like unto one of thy handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, Come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her part corn, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for your word. Lord, we just ask you to touch hearts, lift us up, and encourage us. Help me to be what I need to be, Lord. Help me to say the words that need to be said, Lord. And just empty me myself. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen. I want to preach out of verse 14 where the Bible said he reached her parched corn, and she did eat. I, I'm preaching on this thought when the Savior reached down for me. Amen. When the Savior reached down. One of the most beautiful pictures of God's amazing grace is found throughout the four chapters of Ruth. You'll find a clear picture of grace of Jesus Christ towards fallen man and sinful man. And, and that's you and I. In the Old Testament, then the four chapters of the book of Ruth. These four chapters are highlighting what was coming in the New Testament where Christ came, bled, and died on the cross for you and I this morning. They didn't understand it all. They didn't see it all. But us living on this side of the empty cross and this side of the empty tomb uh, and seeing the risen Savior, we can look now and see all those beautiful clear pictures of what Jesus did for sinners like us. It mirrors us before we uh, met Jesus and after we met Jesus. This woman, Ruth, goes from worthless to wealthy. She had uh, no money. She was worthless Gentile woman from Moab. But she meets a man that the Bible said he was mighty in wealth. And by the end of the story, she lays claim to everything that is Boaz and she goes from worthless to wealth. She goes from a pauper to a prince. She goes from being bitter in chapter number one and being blessed in chapter number four. She goes from the field to the feet of the Boaz into his family. She goes from a widow in chapter one to a wedding in chapter four. She's a great picture of you and I this morning. And the whole reason why she went from a widow to wedding and from the whole reason why she goes from the bitter to being blessed, uh, the whole reason why she uh, goes from worthless to wealthy is because somebody reached way down to where she was. 
She could not fix herself. I cannot fix myself. You cannot fix yourself. She couldn't straighten out her broken life. Uh, this girl in chapter 1 is broken up and it is in a mess this morning. Her husband is dead. Her brother-in-law is dead. Her father-in-law is dead. Now she's leaving her own country. She's relocating to another country that she's never been before. To a people that speak different. People that are different, serve a different God. Her whole world has just been shattered and thrown down on the ground. But it's not broken beyond the hand of God. God picking it up, making it over again. And making it better than it was before it was broken. Thank God right there. I say God is able to make better than that which was broken. And some of you sitting here saying, I, I, I'm so broken that I can't be fixed. Let me just say this. Uh, God can take what's broken and mend it back together and make it better than it was before. God can take a broken person and mend it and make it better than it's ever been before. I stand witness to that. I'm glad God is able to make it better. Better than it was before it was ever broken. And here in the Bible, it said in verse number 14, it said this, He reached her parched corn. That word means reached, means to stretch out an arm in a specific direction in order to touch or grasp something. So here, Boaz is literally reaches out his hands and gives her this roasted corn. According to verse 14, she's sitting with the reapers. It said she's sitting with the reapers. She doesn't work for Boaz. She doesn't know him that well. She just knows that he's shown kindness. And he invites her to come and eat with him. She is nothing but a little old Moabite. She was set down at the table. She, was, she wasn't a high-ranking employee. She wasn't even an employee. She wasn't on tenureship. Uh, 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 she is just an old outcast when she sits down at the table. She's at the far end of the table. She's at the far end. And at the other end, Boaz, the boss, the man with the power, he's at the other end there. He owns the table. He owns the corn. He owns the field. He's the man in charge. He's the man with the plan. She's at the other end. And where he is sitting and where she is at the end of the table is a long way away long way away his position is a preeminent spot preeminent spot he, he's in a he's real powerful spot he is there because he is the boss she's in a pitiful spot she's in a powerless spot but yet we find Boaz was able to reach her where she was sitting at the end of the table somehow he left his preeminence Somehow uh, he, he left his powerful position and reached way down 
to a pitiful spot. Somehow he left his high position and reached down to her lowly position. You say, what in the world would a man in that position would reach down to reach out to, for a woman in that kind of position? I'll tell you what it was. It's all about this. It was grace. It was all about grace. And that what made it grace is she says it. Why have I found grace? Why have I found grace in thy sight? Grace is what caused him to leave his preeminence uh, and leave his powerful spot and reach down to a pitiful spot and hand her something that filled her soul. And we're talking about, whoo. She got her soul filled. He reached down to her and touched her and gave her exactly what she needed. Let me just tell you this. I remember the day when he reached down to me. I was emptied on my way to hell. I didn't know what's going on, but he reached down and touched me and gave me exactly what I needed. Woo! Praise God. Man, I, I'm talking about Jesus. And what it did for me. I, I, that's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm talking about what, what a lowly man I was. I was low man on the totem pole. I was nothing. I was dirt. I was specked. Lost without God and his son on my way to hell. He was in the top spot. He was on the throne of God's heaven. And let me tell you, he left that place and came to where I was. He reached way down for me. Oh, thank God. Some of you might remember the day that God reached down to you. And you were sinking and going under. Life just full of troubles and trials. Didn't know how you were going to handle it. But somehow that hand reached out. Somehow that hand reached down and found you in your spot that where you was at. You were sitting in a pitiful spot. You was in a lowly spot. You were probably like me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody loves me. I just think I'd get rid of it and go on, go over, and get over with it. But God reached down. To where I was at. Amen. I could not get to where he was at. My position didn't allow me to get to where he's at. He reached down to where I was. And I'm so glad that when I was going to hell without God and his son, the nail-pierced hand dropped out of the glory world and picked me up. You say, why in the world would God, like that, have anything to do with me? Why God, have, like that, would have anything to do with you? It's just the one word. It's grace this morning. It's grace this morning. The grace of God. He didn't reach down where I was because I was good. He didn't reach down to where I was because I was holy. He didn't reach down to where I was because I, I, I was somebody. But he saw me in my helpless position, my hopeless position, my pitiful position. And he reached way down to me and picked me up 
and put me in his family. Oh, praise God. I'm in a family now I can shout and praise God for. I, I don't mind shouting. It, it might make some Baptist people nervous. It might get you a little outraged. Uh, I, I don't mind shouting. Well, you know, let me just say this. Uh, shouting kind of encourages the preaching on, amen. Well, say, well, preacher, we got to be dignified in church. You know, we come to church to be dignified, don't you? In church, we need to hold our peace. Well, that's exactly what the Pharisees told Jesus. Hell, them to hold their peace. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I tell you, uh, if these should hold their peace, uh, if these shall hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. I'm not going to let a rock out shout me any day. I'm going to shout and praise God. I'm not going to let a rock outdo me. Amen. He didn't reach down for a rock. He reached down for me. Amen. I, I mean, if the rocks are shouting, somebody here ain't shouting right. Amen. I'm just telling you. So shout, baby, shout. Let it ring out. Just keep shouting. Just keep shouting. Amen. I got a reason. I've got a reason to give him the glory because he saved my soul. I was on the way to hell when the Savior reached down for me. Oh, he reached way down for me. In Ruth chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, where the Savior reached down for when he got me. What did he get when he got Ruth? What did he reach down for? I'll be quick as possible, if possible. He reached down for a foreigner. Somebody that wasn't of the land. Look at the last phrase of verse number 10. Thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. She is not of the chosen people. She is uh, outside the covenant. She's outside the promises. According to Paul in Ephesians 2, she's living without hope and sacrifice of her sins. She doesn't know anything about uh, Boaz God. Uh, she is a foreigner. She's coming from a, a real messed up land. She comes from a defiled land. God called that place his Moab, his wash pot. You know how defiled this place was? This place got its originate, uh, start and it's so defiled up that it, it, it was originated from Lot and his daughters having incestual act in the cave when Sodom and Gomorrah was burned and one of the child they named Moab. Tell you what, they got him drunk. And all of a sudden, Moab began. And now, it's still a defiled and worthless, God called it his wash pot. It's filth. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember an old wash pot. I'm not quite that old. But I do remember some wash pots in the kitchen. We didn't have running water. You had to go out and draw it out of the well, pour it in the pot, and you wash your dishes, dishes in it and all that stuff, and you rinse them in the other one over here like that. And that wash pot, if you look at that water, I wouldn't drink it if I was you. 
But all the filth, all the junk that was on the plates are now in the bottom of that water. We were in the wash pot. We, we were in a wash pot. We were nothing but filth, uh, dirt, uh, defiled. And God said that the Moab is a defile, and that's where she comes from. She comes from a land of death. You read in chapter 1 of Ruth. Three people in her family died. Her husband died. Her brother-in-law died. Her father-in-law died. It is a land of death to her. The web is also a land of disobedient land. The Bible said that they served other gods. They don't serve the God of the Bible, the one true God. They make their own gods up and they serve that God. Gold, silver, whatever they can bow down to, whatever they can grab their hands onto, that's what they serve. And they said, this is my God. Watch my God work. That's where this woman lived at. In a defiled land. Dead land. A disobedient land. Oh, but. I remember when I was living in a disobedient land. I remember when I was living in a foul land. I remember I didn't, do I didn't serve God. I had my own gods. Had gods I'd want to reach out and grab a hold of. I held my gods in my hand. I wasn't serving the true God. I didn't know nothing about the God of the Bible. I didn't know his name. I didn't know the power he had. But I said somebody reach way down. Way down. Once my soul was astray. From heavenly way. I was wretched and as vile as I could be. But my Savior in His love gave me peace from above. When He reached down for me. Woo! When He reached down for me. Do you remember that day? Can you feel it the day that he reached down to you and picked you up out of that miry clay and said, hey, now you're mine. Now you belong to me. You and my family. I don't worry about what the world says now. I don't care what they say. I'm telling you, you belong to me. I am his. I came from her land. I was part of her land. I lived that way. But thank God what happened to me Happened to Ruth here, amen. And you find here in the text, it does not slow Boaz down one bit because where she's from. He's reaching out to her, changing her life. It, it didn't matter where she came from. What mattered was he was taking where he was taken. Ooh, Lord, man, that's not. Woo! It doesn't matter where you start. <laughs> it matters where you end up at. Hey, she started in a bad place, a defiled place, ungodly place, but where she winds up, woo! Praise God. It didn't slow Boaz down for reaching out. 
It didn't matter that she was from a foreign land. She was born down there in that defiled Moab land. But that's not where she winds up at by the end of this story. In spite of all the messed up land that she came from, all the things she's gone through, God still reached down to where she was and she is absolutely blown away by the... Can I tell you, the day I got saved, I was blown away from it. I, I know how vile I was, and I know where I was heading. I just not, would not admit it to myself. I would not admit to myself that I'm going to hell. I said, I can get to heaven on my own. I'll try it on my own. But let me tell you what. When God reached down and pricked my heart, I got up. I was blown away that somebody like that would have something to do with somebody like me. She's blown away because she's on understand Boaz. He, he's the man. He's the man. And he has something to do with me. Praise God. You, you know where I come from, Boaz. No, you know where I come from. No one can point their finger at Boaz and say, hey, that boy got some shady dealings going on. Hey, that, that boy just ain't right. No one can point their finger at Boaz and say, hey, something wrong with you. His worship is right. His business work is right. His personal life is right. Everything is right about him. She looks at herself and says, I'm anything but that. I come from a dirty land, a defiled land, a disobedient land, a dead land. Why would you want to have anything to do with me? She's blown away. Why would God have anything to do with me? Why? You ever thought about that? Why, God? Why would you have something to do with me? I, I, I'm not worthy. I'm nothing but a speck in this world. Ruth come from the city is a lot like Moab. Maybe the place you come from today is just might be like Moab. Maybe the county around here is a lot like Moab today. It's defiled. It's a messed up. It's a disobedient place. This whole world has gotten a defiled start, even from the beginning, in Adam and Eve. We've got defiled. We're disobedient. We're living in the filth of our sin. We're the worst part of sin today. Some of y'all might know what it's like to have drugs and alcohol. Living on it. Sometimes that's all you know was drugs or alcohol. Some of you, maybe some of you like to go out and party until you can't stand up. And you can't get up in the morning, can't remember what you did and how you did and don't know where you were at. All of us have got something in our closet. That inward sin that nobody knows about. Still holding on, but you know what? God still sees it. God still sees it. And it's just as nasty and defiled and dirty as the devil himself. That is where we all come from. We all remember living in a disobedient land. And some of you might be still living in that disobedient land this morning. 
Some of you might be still living in that defiled land this morning. Today is time, your day to get up. To get up. Oh, happy day. Oh, glorious day. Thank God for the day he took knowledge and thought of people like me and reached down a dirty old sinner like me. He reached down to a foreigner and said, hey, when he reached his hand down for me, he, he reached way down for me. I was lost and undone without God or his son when I reached down for me. He reached down for me. Thank God for that day. Amen. He took knowledge and reached out to a foreigner. I wonder, has he ever reached out for you this morning? And I'm not talking about a, a religious experience. I'm not talking about your name on the church roll. I'm not talking about baptism. I'm talking about the day that God reached down and you knew it was the hand of God. You knew where you're going and he touched you on your shoulder and said, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I've heard your cries. I've seen your life. I'm telling you, I can change it. All you got to do is come to me and you surrender your life to him. Has he reached down to you today? He reached down for a foreigner. He also reached down for a friend. Verse 13. She said, For thou hast comforted me, for that thou hast spoken friendly. She said, Not only to reach down for a foreigner, but he also reached down as a friend. She never had anybody do her like this, she never had anybody show her the kindness. That he showed her. She's used to people looking at her sideways. I, I can imagine this as she's standing there with the reapers and she's trying to uh, gleam a little bit for herself and uh, Naomi. Can you imagine them reapers? You just see what walked up over here? Whew. She, she's not part of us. She don't even look like us. I heard she's from that filthy, defiled, disobedient land, Moab. We're just going to stand over here and do nothing with it. And, and, and you, know, you know they're saying, I get the, this, you know they're Baptists. You know they're Baptists. I'm telling you, you know the Baptists. All the Baptists over here, and somebody comes in like, well, they, don't, they don't look like us. They, they don't walk like us. They, they certainly don't talk like we do. And they all over here says, well, you know what? God ain't got nothing to do with her. And Reaper said, you know what? I bet you the boss is going to run her away. I, I bet you the boss is going to tell her she's going to leave from out of here. Oh, did they get discouraged. <laughs> oh, did they get upset. Hey, let me tell you. Somebody can walk up in here and look like the world out there and walk in here. I guarantee if they sit down on this side, everybody will move to this side over here. Everybody be like, mm. oh, but thank God, thank God he reached down. Boaz Reaper said, hey, you know what? She ain't going to get anything. She's not going to get nothing. She's come from that Moab land. And you know what? She heard them whispering. 
You know, you can be a Baptist and talk real low, and everybody still hear it. Yeah. You see what that man over there wearing today? I don't know why. He told me down at the bar last night, got all messed up. Yeah. She heard him whispering about who she was and where she come from. And you know, that, that makes you feel guilty yourself right there. It makes you feel bad yourself. When somebody tries to remind you where you came from, don't remind me where I come from. I know where I came from. I, 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 know, I know how sorry I was. I know what a low life I was. I don't need you to tell me how low life I was. You just got to remind yourself just how low life of life you were. Amen. We want to get in everybody else's business. But the reapers are talking about it. But you know, Boaz said, hey, why don't you come over here? Why don't you come over here? Sit right here. He invites her to eat at the table. You know the reason why a lot of people don't come to church? Because they ran, they ran in a lot of people like the reapers in the field. They don't act like the master. They don't talk like the master. They saw your dirt, your filth. And instead of trying to get them to God and get them some help, but instead, they just talk about them. Look at them sideways. Is that the kind of church? I ain't going in that church. That's what they're going to allow down there. I ain't going back down there. I won't have no part of that. Let me just say this. You might have had a bad experience or two in a church with a few Pharisees. And there are some in the churches today. But you mark this down. You mark this down. It's not the fault of the master. It's not the fault of Boaz, what his reapers are saying, looking at her sideways. It's not his fault. He showed kindness. He showed her gentleness. He showed her what he needed to show. The reapers did. And I, can I say this? There are a lot of people sitting in churches that will not show kindness, will not reach out, will not tell people about God or try to get them to God. You ought to make yourself stand up and beg God to forgive you. Telling you. He'll be your friend when nobody else will be your friend. He'll love you when nobody else will love you. He will sit with you when nobody else will sit with you. He'll fill you up. He'll give you what you need. He, he'll be your friend this morning. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking about, what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about the Pharisees. In Luke chapter 15, the Pharisees and the scribes were murmuring, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Whew, what kind of man? I don't want to follow a man like that. Why would I want to go to a church to allow sinners in a church? Whoop. Why would I want to go to a church that's got sinners in church? Whoop. 
Can I remind you all, we are sinners saved by grace. And, and let me just say this, and I tell you, and everybody knows I tell you, and I've said this before, I get up in the morning and say, God crucified Jimmy. I don't need y'all get up in the morning telling God to crucify Jimmy either. I think he heard it enough from me that he'll do it for me. But you need to get up in the morning and deal with your flesh. Get up in the morning, Lord, kill me. Kill me, Lord. I, I got some flesh in me that needs to come out. Kill me. Amen. He showed her kindness. He's comforter. That's what we need around the church of God today. We don't need those that's going to murmur and back talk about people in the church. We all got a pass. One day we might all write our past down and put it up and see guess who's who's. <laughs> Whoop. Probably look at them and say, I'm going to keep mine because it looks a whole lot better than those. <laughs> Amen. I'm just saying that we don't need people to murmur about people. We need to reach out and help people. That's what we do. That's, that's what the church is for. To help those that are lost and undying to get closer to God and get right with God before it's too late. And it's coming. They murmured and whispered saying. The Bible said there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus said, you are my friend if you do whatsoever I have commanded you. Jesus said, greater love no man has than a man to lay down his life for his friends. He's your friend this morning. He reached down as a friend. He reached down to her and filled her up. Verse 14. And he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was suffice. What, her gave, what he gave out was sufficient for her hunger. You'll never find where she goes to another field looking for mutton. She's not looking for bread again. Because she's found in the field of Boaz was enough to fill her up. Where she wasn't looking and longing for nothing else, she found in the man's field that filled her soul. And the Bible said that God, He satisfies the longeth soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. He filled her up. Have you tried reaching out in the fields of this world and see if it helps you out? Have you reached out in the fields? Have you tried every field that this world's got that you reach out and try to hold on to it that it filled you up? I, I've done that. I, I've lived in this world. I, I, I've lived here and I've gone and done things I, I wished I'd never done. And I'm reaching out and trying to grab a hold of it thinking it might fill my need and my longing and my soul. But I get up the next day and I'm just longing more and more. And the more I go, the more I get, the longer I long for it. I couldn't feel my soul. There was something wrong. Because the world could not satisfy what I was longing for. Because the world didn't have what I was longing for. I'm telling you. I, I've been out in the world. I, I've been in the ditches. I've done things I, I pray God forgive me for over and over. I've, I know what it's like. But she got full. 
She was filled. She didn't have to go anywhere else. Can I tell you, you can get filled here today. I invite you to the altar this morning to just get filled. I don't like going to a place and eat and have to get up and go to another place to eat again and get full. Amen. And what kind of church would it be if we come to church this morning and say, well, I'm going to eat at the church this morning. I know I'm going to get full. You walk out the door and be like, I still got some home for. I got something I need to get. No. Stay up. And let me just say, can I say this? It may help you out. What she got not only filled her up, she took it and filled somebody else up with it. I ain't just preaching, I'm telling you the truth this morning. Verse 18, and she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law said she had gleaned and she had brought forth and gave to her that she had received after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned that day today? And where wast thou? Blessed be he that take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The name, man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. She took what she... Mm, she she took what she got out the house of God and said hey I'm full I'm going to take it out and I'm going to give it to somebody else I'm going to share what God has given me that's what we need to do today when God blesses you and God fills you you need to take it out in the world say here world I've got something for you She took it back home. So you got to try this. <laughs> Can I say you ought to tell somebody you ought to try this? I, I believe if you ever get filled, listen, I believe if you ever get filled up, you'll get something from God. You'll get something from God that saves and satisfies you where somebody else can't. And you'll be able to tell people what Jesus has done for you, what the world can do then. He reached way down and changed her future. Last four verses in chapter four, I won't read them to you, but you can go read them yourself. It gives the genealogy of what comes out of this union with Boaz and Ruth. She gets out of the family of the defiled, dirty, Disobedient, dead land. And she gets into the family. She has a son named Obed. See what God can do to you. God can take the path you own. Just heading in the wrong direction. And you get into the family. You're going to change your future. If you read the Bible, you read Ruth, her sister-in-law stayed in Moab. You know what was the lineage from her? You know what came out of her? Goliath. Goliath. 
Ruth has a son named Obeb, and Obeb has a son named Jesse. Jesse has a son named King David. <laughs> and if you go over to Matthew chapter 1 and gives you a lesson, there's only four women listed in that chapter. Only four. Ruth is one. She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. What you get when God touches you, when God brings you that defiled, dead, stinking, dirty land and gets you in the right place, fills your heart and changes your future, you'll never know what might happen. And let me just say this. For you that got kids and grandkids, you need to be living right. You need to be walking right. They need a sample for you because what comes out of you may come further and further. Just telling you the truth. Just telling you the truth. She got filled. She got what she needed. And she shared what she got needed. I, I was in the same shape she was. But I got in the family. My name's recorded. My future has been changed. Old, old preacher named Billy Kelly. I don't know if anybody around here knows Billy Kelly. Old preacher. He's going to be a Lord now. Talked about that uh, obesity thing. He was a little heavy set guy, boy, but that boy could preach. He's telling a story. He says, over a friend's house, and he's watching his, his, his friend's son and their dog playing together. He, and he was talking with him, and he kept watching that dog and that boy play together. He, he said, excuse me. Excuse that, that boy and that dog are tight. He said, they're like this. He said, wherever that boy is at, that dog right up beside of him. He said, you don't know the story of that dog, do you? He says, no. So let me tell you the story about that dog. He says, back a few years ago, was in that back house, and we had a septic problem. We was digging it up and trying to get it pumped out and everything. We had the whole dick down there and had the top off of it and all that waste down there. And said, my son and I went back to the house and come back, and he said, there's a dog, and a stray dog, and fell over in that pit in that sewer thing. He said, Daddy, we can't let this dog loose. He said, oh, my. He said, I'm not going down there and get it. <laughs> I'm not going down there and get it. He said, but Daddy, we can't. He said, son, just going back to the house. One by a few minutes. He's tired now. He's bobbling now. He's tired. He's gonna, it'll be over. We'll suck him out when he goes. You know. He said, Daddy, we cannot let this dog die down here. He said, I'm not going down and get it. He said, Daddy, begging with tears in his eyes. Daddy, we, we cannot let this dog die down here. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I'll get a light and put it down. If you want that dog, you go down and get it. So the boy got the dog, got to go down there, and we reached out the dog, the dog snapped at him because the dog was afraid. He reached out again and snapped at him again. And finally, he just reached over and grabbed him and just pulled him up close to him. Climbed up that ladder, went over to the water hose over there and washed them off and washed themselves off of that water hose and everything. He says, from that day on, that dog's been that by that boy's side. He said, that dog key over that boy right there. That boy, he says, that dog knows that he saved him. That dog knows that he reached out when nobody else would and saved him. Jesus did the same thing. 
God said, hey, I ain't going down there. They are defiled. Look, look at that mess. Jesus said, we can't let them die down there. We're going to die down there. I ain't going down there. If you want to go, you can go. He says, I'll go. And he came. I reached around and pulled me up and said, hey, thank God I'm saved. When he reached down for me, he had to reach way down, way down. Let us stand this morning. You have a need of.